welcome to the first ever edition of the Health and Safety Matters podcast. I'm Mark Sennett. I'm CEO of Western Business Media that publishes Health and Safety Matters magazine. We're delighted that this podcast is sponsored by the Health and Safety event, which takes place on the 22nd and 23rd of September 2020 at the NEC in Birmingham. And if you want more information on the health and safety event, you can go to healthandsafetyevent.com. So this podcast will come out on a Monday every fortnight and we'll cover all the latest news that we're covering in HSM across the UK health and safety market. And we'll also do a couple of key industry interviews each episode. And this week, we're delighted to be joined by BSIF CEO Alan Murray and also JSP Limited CEO Mark Johnston. So let's get straight into the news. So the first news story I want to bring up today is that HSM has covered the fact that the HSE has assembled a specialist PPE unit. So this is a team of specialists that will assist the government's national efforts to get PPE to the front line of healthcare workers who are fighting against the current coronavirus pandemic. So this will support the government's PPE plan, the HSE says, and this new HSE PPE unit is made up of regulatory inspectors, policymakers and scientists. And it's been evaluating materials and specifications against relevant PPE requirements. And the aim of this is to rapidly provide agreement that the new and novel sources of supply have been properly assessed and can be deployed to frontline workers without necessary delay. So this news story comes at a time when there's an unprecedented demand for PPE. And this is a particularly prevalent topic right now with the fantastic frontline workers in the NHS and public services putting themselves at risk never before has it been more in a public eye how important reliable PPE is. And so much so, actually, this is a big focus, obviously, for the British Safety Industry Federation, the BSIF. And in fact, HSM has partnered with the BSIF to do a free webinar, which will take place on the 5th of May at 10.30 in the morning. And you can register for free. Just go straight to the HSM website, which is hsmsearch.com. And this webinar is focusing on uh, PPE shortages um, under the current pandemic and focusing on the non-compliant PPE that's coming into the market at the moment. Uh, and this is a consistent problem. Uh, and in this webinar, the BSIF will help you understand and can tell you that the documentation you're presented with is genuine. So it's really vital that it's um, got a C mark and it's compliant. It's really important that we don't have the market even more flooded by non-compliant PPE. So do please do sit in on that webinar on the 5th of May at 10.30. It'll be hosted by CEO Alan Murray and um, Roy Wilders as well. So, yeah, very topical at the moment, PPE. I think you know the, the, the great British public has never been more aware of exactly what PPE is. So it's great to see the HSC and the BSIF are making every effort to help educate government and work all together to make sure that only reliable and PPE that's conforming with standards is getting into the market. So another article that we ran this week, which I thought was worth mentioning, was um, comes out of the Ladder Association. So it's reported that it's opened up a new testing and research centre in Soham, and that's in Suffolk, and they're working with Suffolk Trading Standards Imports team, and they've helped prevent 266 dangerous ladders from entering the UK. So you can see at the moment, big focus on quality, as there should be. So they worked with Suffolk Trading Standards Imports team, and they helped intercept a suspect shipment that contained two different ladder products, which claimed to be compliant with EN131 ladder standard. 
Initially, the ladders were held at the port due to missing the name and address of the producer and batch identification. Both of these are offences under Regulation 7 of the General Product Safety Regs. But however, on further examination, training standards officers had other concerns about the ladders. They questioned that the multi-hinge joint ladders didn't conform with EN 131-4. So they contacted the Ladder Association's Test and Research Centre for advice. And after an initial discussion, these ladders were put through critical safety fault testing. And you won't be surprised to hear these ladders failed vertical load strength and opening restraint tests. So again, we come back to it. It's essential that uh, workplaces are only supplied with safe products. I think it's well known to all of you that the single biggest killer in the national statistics that the HC provides for workplace fatalities is still worker height. So ensuring that ladders are safe and conforming for our staff and colleagues to work on is vital. So yeah, great work by the Ladder Association on this. So on that note, while we're obviously talking about the importance of having PPE and safety products conforming to standards, this seems like the perfect time to introduce Alan Murray. Alan will be no stranger to many of you. He is the CEO of the BSIF, the British Safety Industry Federation. And as I mentioned earlier, we're, we're launching a really essential webinar with them uh, on the 5th of May. So I thought I'd get Alan on as our first industry guest today so we can talk about the problems of PPE for the market and, and how the BSIF is helping its members in light of the, the terrible market conditions that we're all facing at the moment due to COVID-19. So yeah, I sat down with Alan earlier and here's what he had to say. Morning, Alan. How are you? I'm fine, Mark. It's uh, it's very difficult times for the country, for the industry, for the federation and for everyone that is trying to provide compliant PPE to the marketplace. I would imagine you are as busy as ever under your role at the BSIF right now. I think the only way to answer that is to tell you honestly and truly that we have never, ever been busier. I'd, I'd like to, well, on the one hand, I think it's not particularly constructive. It's all reactive. But in on the other hand, it is supportive, not just to the membership, but to non-members, end users, government institutions all across the board. Obviously, at the moment, there's such such a huge variety of issues that you're having to deal with. There'll be supply chain issues. And as I've mentioned earlier in the podcast, you know, real focus for you is always about ensuring that PPE meets the relevant standards. Can, can you talk to us about how active you've been with government on that front? Uh, well, we've been, we've been active in a supportive way with government. We've probably been uh, more active with members and economic operators in the supply chain helping them to authenticate the documentation that they've been provided with. Yeah, I mean, more on that side. Our, our work with the government is, is is helping them to understand what needs to be done from the, from the point of view of, again, certification, regulation, helping point them in the right direction for properly scoped test houses, notified bodies, that type of thing. Well, I would guess never has the BSIF registered safety supplier scheme been more relevant than right now. Can you tell us a bit more about that scheme for those that aren't familiar with it? Well, for those that aren't familiar with it, in in normal times, uh, we will conduct uh, an audit 
for product and um, capability in terms of members discharging their obligations and responsibilities under the under the PPE regulations. Now that that auditing to some extent has has not been as active as it, it would have been because of the the lockdown and closures and so on, but. But this is this is all about trying to ensure that end users are provided with a capable um, a capable supply chain, quality products from knowledgeable people in the supply chain. That, that's basically what the scheme is meant to do. And of course, you know, we've partnered with you and we'll be delivering a webinar um, on the 5th of May at 10.30 in the morning. That will be available on demand. So any of you hearing this after the 5th of May, don't worry. You just need to go to the HSM website, which is hsmsearch.com, and you can listen to it on demand. But Alan, can you tell me a little bit more about what the webinar is going to cover? Because it's you and Roy Wilders and the BSIF that are going to be delivering it. Well, it's essentially going to going to cover, Mark, uh, what genuine certification looks like um, and what uh, certification that is not compliant looks like too. And it's, uh, it's helping people to understand the differences. Also, it will also cover the easement rules that have been put in place by the government to enable people to provide PPE in the context of COVID-19 that has not necessarily been all the way through conformity assessment. So, Alan, obviously you said you've been very engaged with BSIF members uh, at the moment. Can, can you talk to us about some of the main um, issues that your members are facing at the moment during the current pandemic? Well, an awful lot of it is driven by shortages of product. Um, and what, what happens in times of shortages and what is certainly happening with, with our members who are part of the supply chain is that they are constantly being offered product um, that they hadn't seen before or historically they weren't used to seeing. So they are trying to have that validated and authenticated before they, they buy it and sell it on. And that's a big, big part of it. Another big part that I'd like to make you aware of, uh, Mark, is that BSIF administer the Fit to Fit accreditation scheme for uh, competent face fitters. Now, people will be well aware that frontline NHS staff who are wearing filtering face pieces, tight fitting uh, respirators, uh, require to be face fitted. There, there is a huge effort going on in the NHS to make sure that people are face fitted. The, the numbers are quite enormous. And, and we've been involved with giving advice to NHS trusts, coordinating the availability of uh, competent face fitters and pointing them where they, where they can be most effective. Uh, for example, the Nightingale Hospital in at XL, um, it required thousands of people to be face fitted and a local LinkedIn group of uh, fit to fit accredited face fitters was able to organize, I think it was 10, 10 or 11 face fitters to be there uh, across a period of about two weeks to try and get that done. Uh, and that and that's happening. That's been uh, replicated in different parts of the country. So that's been a huge part. So again, through that channel, trying to make sure that people are safe and well. And Alan, I know it's difficult to look too far into the future right now, but what do you think the main challenges are they're going to face the health and safety sector over the, the coming months? Well, from a point of view of product compliance, the uh, personal protective equipment industry has been platformed 
on uh, European regulation for the past 25 years. There, because of COVID-19, there has been a variety of um, regulatory easements uh, applied to personal protective equipment and different testing processes have come into play. One of the big challenges will be once, uh, once we're past this crisis is to re-establish and rebalance the most appropriate um, product uh, regulatory rules that we can have. Now, not far after that, we're of course in a position where Brexit will be uh, applicable and, uh, and we've then got other things to consider. It's as if you read my mind. I mean, it's funny that the, the, the key word of the last two, three, four years has been Brexit. And we've done a lot of articles with you and you've very much been at the forefront of um, raising questions about what Brexit could mean for the UK in terms of health and safety. So it'd be remiss while I've got you not to touch on that because... Um, once we pass this pandemic, we are going to have to refocus our attentions because we are or have left the European Union. So could you give us an update for those I haven't heard on, on your stance or concerns of what Brexit could mean for, for the health and safety market? So there's no crystal ball here, of course, but um, but what we have at the moment, the perceived wisdom is that you can have a mutual recognition agreement or you can have uh, complete separation. But we're working on the basis that there will be some mutual recognition, uh, which may or may not require the UK CA mark, the UK Conformity Assessment mark. Um, now, if that happens, the plan is, after a transition period, to mirror the EU standards, the current uh, EN standards. And from our point of view, that would be a good starting point. How we manage it going forward, again, I don't want to use to overuse the word challenge, but that will still be a challenge because standards evolve over time. So just rounding off, Alan, obviously it's, it's difficult times for everyone, as we've said, in, in the health and safety market. But if people want more information or help from the BSIF, how can they get in touch with you? Uh, they can visit the BSIF website, www.bsif.co.uk. Um, and all the contact information's on there, as well as an awful lot of uh, resources and assets that they can utilise. Well, thank you very much for your time today, Alan. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Mark. So returning to news for a moment, and as I said earlier, all the latest news is on the HSM website, which is HSM Search. Dot com. One news story that we covered that I think is worth raising is to do with Mates in Mind, the workplace mental health charity. Obviously, COVID-19 has been a big theme of this podcast, this episode, and is affecting everybody differently. Uh, Mates in Mind does a fantastic job of providing vital support to people with uh, mental health issues. And they have put an appeal out there to ask for any donations possible to, to keep them operating, offering the great support that they do. The construction industry has obviously been uh, badly affected by coronavirus, as have many sectors. And one thing that's worth pointing out is that the suicide rate amongst workers in the construction sector is three times higher 
than the national average. And health and well-being has now become a much wider role of health and safety practitioners' job remits. So this really is a key topic. And certainly if there's any way that anyone can help support Mates in Mind and the fantastic work that they do, please do so. And if you want more information, you can go to the Mates in Mind website, which is matesinmind.org. And if you do visit that website, it's got a plethora of really key and interesting information. You can go on there to see um, a number of researchers and case studies that they shared on there to do with mental health. And also they've got a fantastic mental health first aid course that you can go on. So definitely well worth a look. So moving forward for the podcast uh, in future, if there is any topics you want us to cover, feel free to uh, drop us a line to the HSM website and we'll be looking to cover that but now we're going to move on to interviewing our final guest which is Mark Johnston who is the CEO of JSP Limited and I sat down with Mark early today and here's what he had to say. Morning Mark how are you? Very good indeed thank you Mark we're uh, we're coping okay. Yeah difficult times and um, I appreciate you taking the time to, to speak to us and obviously you are our inaugural guest on the manufacturing side for the podcast so, so no pressure no pressure. So, okay, well, let's just go straight into this. Um, how is JSP coping in the current pandemic? Well, we've uh, we, we, we acted pretty quickly. Uh, of course, the PPE industry is something everybody knows now. It's front, front page news and, and on television. Uh, we are all, all essential workers. Um, and uh, in the UK, we have three factories uh, and, and a DC uh, distribution centre. We've probably got over... 320 people uh, working uh, in those factories and we're operating 24-7. We've been able to keep all our factories running. Um, We've only had a few instances uh, where we've uh, had to to furlough people. It's it's really a handful. Um, And in fact, we've taken on and and moved a lot of people around within the business to, uh, to focus on some of the key areas where, where, where we need to boost our production and of course respiratory uh, protective equipment manufacturing uh, is under a lot of uh, stress for us at the moment we have huge levels of demand um, and and so we're, we're very busy in our in our in our factory um, uh, where, where we're running full shifts uh, adding a lot of equipment as fast as we can uh, and, and just churning out as much product as, as we as we are able to and you know you've touched on this but how are you managing the supply chain issues so obviously talking about longer shifts but but how are you managing it we uh, we, we, we have sort of Manufacturing bases in in Europe, in the UK, as I say, three factories in in UK. Uh, also now in in Germany, we opened up in Dusseldorf. Uh, we were making head protection products in 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 in, in Germany. Uh, we're in the Middle East uh, as well, in in uh, Sharjah, in the UAE, uh, and and also out in China. What we saw was uh, in the early days when uh, COVID came along was, uh, of course, it was in China, and the lockdown took place in Wuhan, uh, and that that made a huge impact. Uh, we are one of the principal factories uh, for making uh, respiratory uh, protective products in in China, and very quickly we had the Chinese government coming in uh, to our factories there uh, to to lock them down. Uh, they put um, officials in place uh, to make sure that all product that was made in the factory uh, was was being kept in China and was being used to supply Chinese government agencies. So we had a, a huge issue there. Um, it also happened just around the time of uh, Chinese New Year. Um, so that's always a, a disruptive time when 
often a lot of staff don't come back from holidays. Um, and, and that was the case again. Uh, we're down 30% in terms of uh, personnel. Um, and we were not able to recruit extra people because the, the government would not allow that um, because of the, the worries of uh, infection uh, in the factories. So we, we had a lockdown on our China supply chain um, uh, on, 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 I'm talking respiratory, uh, disposable masks mainly, uh, which which really affected us for six to eight weeks. Um, and uh, we, we're sort of, you know, I suppose paying catch up now um, as much as we can, uh, having got the factories back uh, to operate, supply these these levels we we need to. But again, we're, we're finding it tough to to recruit uh, locally in China, uh, and uh, no, it's making us think a lot uh, about how we are established as a business going forward, um, and and talking to all our key partners across Europe. Uh, there's no doubt now that there's 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 a real desire by both distributors and end users to know that their products are being made locally uh, by resilient manufacturers who have got complete control of their supply chain. Um, and that, that that's on several different levels. Um, it's not just making product. It's actually about also looking at the whole uh, vertical integration of, of manufacturing. Um, where are the raw materials being sourced? You know, is, is the supply chain um, you know, lockdown on those raw materials, uh, you know, lots of different factors which we're having to consider. Um, and many things caught us out. It's, it's fair to say um, products where we might have a, a bill of material, you know, which could be up to, say, 50 different components. Um, we might have been making, say, 40 of those components in, in, in UK. 10 of those were coming from overseas uh, and they've been disrupted uh, and they could be very small components, um, grommets, washes, um, uh, O-rings. It doesn't matter uh, what they could be, but it's a small part of a bigger product and, and that has been disrupted um, by, by what's taking place. So we're really looking now at every level uh, of, of our production uh, and, and our product bombs down to the bomb level to, to make sure that we have, we're building in resilience for the future. Well, I know um, that quality is really important in the core of, uh, of your business um, and you're very proactive both personally and as JSP as part of the BSIF. Can you share your views on how essential it is that only compliant PPE is getting into the market, especially now um, during the pandemic? Yeah, without a doubt. Um... You know, I, I, I sit uh, as one of the directors as well of the British uh, Safety Safety Industry Federation, the BSIF. Uh, I've been treasurer, I think, coming up to fifteen years now, um, and uh, you know, we've 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 launched you know, probably about ten years ago now uh, the R S scheme, the the registered uh, safety supplier scheme, uh, and that's all about uh, playing playing by the rules uh, in terms of. Uh, making sure product of the right quality comes onto the market in the UK. Uh, that's a great scheme um, and uh, has weeded out a lot of, uh, I suppose, fly-by-night type uh, importers who, who really had never cared about quality um, in the market. Um, and, uh, you know, we are seeing now, no doubt, there's a lot of product being flooded in. You look on the social media networks and feeds, there's a lot of people trying to, to, trying to sell um, 
KN95 masks, for example, um, and, and, and other products. And we're seeing a lot of incidences of, uh, of, of fake certification uh, and certificates of uh, conformity. Um, the BSAF are doing a great job to, to weed out and, and warn people about uh, about those uh, type of uh, players uh, and to educate uh, importers as well to look for you know, uh, at certificates properly to understand what constitutes a, a you know a, a valid certificate or not, uh, and then going back as well to 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 corroborate those with uh, with notified bodies. So they're doing a great job, BSAF. Um, in terms of JSP, of course, we uh, we run um, kite mark schemes uh, across all our main product lines. Uh, we're very passionate about the kite mark. It's the old British standard um, in, from BSI, um, and you know it, it is an absolute. For me, it's the platinum level of quality um, because to run a kite mark, you have to batch test all your production on a continuous basis. So you're you're absolutely able to uh, to, to 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 say that every product you put out on the market is has, has met a test, and that there is a relevant um, uh, test related to that product, which you can pull out the the test certif- certificate and uh, and and testing performance levels uh that 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 batch made so um very very uh it's a very robust scheme uh, and i think it's one that will come out more again in future uh we've we've been promoting it actively with bsi uh the, the kite mark again because i took a backward step when ce mark came out um a lot of people don't even still understand what ce mark uh, actually is and, and we are seeing even some of these kn95 masks coming on uh on the market um with a ce uh, stamp on them uh, and and as it's been known before and you've ask some of these people what is a ce mark they say well it's a it's a china export uh so uh you know it, there, there really is an important uh, process um to go through to make sure that um you know that the product coming onto the market is correct because no one wants to see product coming on that doesn't meet the standard the the, the product that doesn't do that is going to potentially harm people and could be even more dangerous if for example people are going into an icu type situation where they think they've got the right level of protection um, because the product is marked so uh, but actually it doesn't pass that standard then in fact they're going to put themselves in harm's way uh, you know even even more uh, unknowingly perhaps but uh, but it, but but they they might think they're protected when in fact they're not so yeah very serious uh, to see this um, this substandard product coming onto the market and and even counterfeit uh, product uh, coming onto the market so i think we've got to come together as a, as a as an industry and make sure that end users are better educated and that uh, any bad product that comes on is, is dealt with correctly and effectively got out of the market. So obviously JSP um, itself is a family business and is now a true international manufacturer and covers such a wide range of um, products. Um, could you just quickly tell us what some of the latest products that you've had come out in recent weeks and months are? Yeah, well, we've um, we focused in recent times, uh, well, we've been, we, I think, wind it back a little bit um yeah we we, we are an, an above the neck pp manufacturer um that's what we're, we're known for and number one we're known for our head protection and in fact frost and sullivan in uh, 2014 named us as being the european uh, market leader for industrial head protection from their own independent analysis nothing we actually uh, apply for as such so head protection is a very important part of, of what we do um and uh yeah we've looked at uh at, at, at helmets and and 
hard hats as being not just something to protect uh, the head, but actually something on which you can hang uh, a range of different uh, protective, uh, integrated protective uh, products. Um, so we've we've been focusing a lot on uh, integrated eye protection uh, with our Vista um, helmet, which we we brought out and introduced at uh, the recent April say exhibition in in Germany uh, last year. Um, and uh, yeah, these are types of products where you're getting more than just one level of protection with one unit. Um, and actually, we're seeing a big demand for that type of thing now when people are getting back to work now and perhaps they're finding it challenging to to carry out social distancing. So our Vista Shield is a product, which is a helmet uh, with an integrated uh, shield, which you can drop down and deploy at any time. Um, it gives protection to the face uh, to 1661B, uh, which, is a, which is a higher level of, uh, of protection. Um, and... Uh, Pairing that up with a uh, with a half mask like our JSP Force Eight, you've really got a great solution there, covering off three bases of protection with two units, uh, which integrate very well. Just quickly, can I can I test you and ask you uh, what's next in your product pipeline? Are you able to share any snippets of what might be next for JSP? Well, I, we're, we're we're boosting our respiratory side a lot. Uh, we're also looking at all how everything does integrate. I mentioned there, you know, two products. Um, our PowerCap Infinity has been uh, uh, you know a product which we've just launched as well, and it is a complete three-in-one unit uh, and four-in-one if you add. Um, you know, attachment uh, hearing protection as well, which is easy to do. Um, and uh, again, we've been selling a lot of that in during during this this crisis because it's, it's got on board uh, TH3 respiratory protection. Um, you know, products which which we're focusing on at the moment. I mean, we we we've actually brought out a lot of things in the last two years. And I think you know, if I say what we're looking at is probably moving more into uh, areas around powered uh, air. Um, you know. Facebook testing is a is a huge requirement. Uh, it's a very big burden for for people, um, and uh, you know sometimes if you you know nowadays a lot of younger people as well have got facial hair. You know you can't get a good fit with a half mask um, or or a disposable mask, and and powered is really the only way to go. Um, we've been working with a lot of hospitals during this crisis uh, up at the Oxford University Hospital. We've um, we've uh, face fit tested uh, over fifteen hundred people. Um, um, and uh, and we've been doing that with other hospitals, for example, up in Warrington. Uh, it's a smaller level, and uh, you know, just got the s- statistics yesterday. We've been able to face fit test um, 103 people who previously could not get a fit with a mask to get them a fit and get them working back in their ICU, which is, you know. A huge thing because you had people double shifting, and it was a very big burden on the on people who, who could get a face fit uh, test, uh, a fit with a mask, uh, because their colleagues weren't able to come in and relieve them on different shifts. Um, so 103 have come in working, and and those that we couldn't get a, a fit with, we put them into powered air. Uh, that's our last resort. But what we're seeing actually, people working. You know, on a, on an eight year eight eight hour shift uh, in in ICU and similarly in industry uh, as well, um, that powered is a much more uh, comfortable uh, solution. So uh, it's something we'll be we'll be focusing on a lot in the in the, in the coming months and years ahead. So just rounding off, Mark. Um, obviously, unprecedented times. But if people want to get in touch with JSP and find out more about um, what products you've got on offer and how you can help them, I know you've got a website. How can people get in touch with you? Well, I mean, uh, if they go on to www.jspsafety.com, um, you know, on, on, on those sections there, we've got uh, 
really all our products uh, that, that, that we make. Um, there's a lot of technical information uh, available as well. We've got a technical helpline. Uh, it's got all our telephone uh, numbers for to, to call. We've set up actually on the website a, um, uh, a sort of NHS support resources section. We were getting inundated with calls uh, through um, NHS and uh, health health well, care homes, especially actually, as well, which have been slightly left behind, where you know, people need real advice and fast. Um, and you know, our, our personnel in the head office have, have never been busier. Our phones have not stopped these past three months. As I say, we haven't uh, really furloughed anybody. Uh, we've kept everybody, um, you know, although we've had to socially distance and have a lot of people working from home. Um, you know, we've been able to, to, to be there as a resource to support people. So our numbers are all there uh, off our website. I would say that's the first port of call. Uh, and uh, we'll give any support that people need. Uh, we are seeing now the the, the remobilization, people beginning to get back to work, which is exciting for us. Uh, the last month, we've we've really had an appeal from the NHS to support them more, which we have done. Um, I think it's all fair to say we've seen in the news a breakdown of the NHS supply chain, and we've had to work with a lot of trust hospitals directly, uh, care homes directly, and 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 also via all our distributors who have focused on 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 working with NHS trusts who have been brilliant. Um, and uh, we've we've really got a lot of product out into into the health service, um, and yeah, um, we've got to keep keep doing that. But I think now we're seeing a, the tide beginning to turn now, and to focus back to our traditional business, which are you know as people and companies and and, and businesses start remobilising again. So that that's really where we'll be going in the next few weeks. Well, thanks for your time, Mark. We really appreciate it. So oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Mark. And uh, yeah. Stay safe. And that's all we've got time for in the inaugural episode of the Health and Safety Matters podcast. If you've got any questions that you want to ask to our guests in the future, you can use the hashtag HSM podcast. And as I said, every fortnight on a Monday, we'll be putting up the latest episodes of the podcast. You can see all the latest news in the health and safety section in the UK on our website, which is hsmsearch.com. And of course, we'd encourage you to share this podcast with your friends and colleagues. And the best way that we can get the word out there for everyone is for you to either like it on iTunes and Google Play, leave a comment, hopefully some positive feedback on there, and that'll help us get out to as wider audience as possible. And of course, Big thank you to our sponsor, which is the Health and Safety event, which of course takes place at the NEC Birmingham on the 22nd and 23rd of September. And you can register for free on healthandsafetyevent.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.